CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you, as we always are, every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, getting a global worldview, biblical style, and also what we hear in church on Sunday or Saturday. Is it even in the Bible at all? Well, we want to encourage you to give us a call. Uh, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN, and we'll do our very best to give you what the Bible says, a good, balanced answer. You know, we oftentimes get questions uh, about particular topics where they take just one verse or two verses and build an entire theology upon it, completely disregarding all the other verses that bring more clarity to that verse. And so that's what we like to do. We like to give you a good, balanced answer for that question that you have. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Got some lines open. You're sure to get on if you call right now. Joining us today, special guest, featured CSN speaker, comes on after to every man and answer, Jeff Wickwire, Turning Point Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hello, Mike. Good to be with you today. We've got beautiful weather here in Fort Worth, finally. It's like uh, ah, 58, but beautiful sunshine, so we're not in a oven anymore 115 degrees that's a good thing it's about (laughs) the same temperature as it is here in idaho about about 58 60 degrees and uh yeah wow you know uh things are happening so fast in the newsroom that i can't hardly keep up with it uh yemen today uh declared war on israel uh this uh is interesting because the war is not ratcheting down but it is ratcheting up and as i tell everybody the world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. And we need to understand what the Bible says the end time scenario will be like. Now, it's noteworthy that our um, commander in, in, in chief uh, said that uh, the American forces are to do no combat. Uh, they're only there as a presence, which is kind of interesting, really, when you think about it concerning Israel, because the Bible says no one comes to Israel's aid, at least in the Ezekiel 38. 39 war. We had a question yesterday that somebody thought, well, maybe the Ezekiel 38-39 war is during the uh, tribulation. It is not. Very clearly, if you read the scripture, you find Ezekiel 39 saying they will burn the weapons that they get from this giant invading army. Russia, Ethiopia, Libya, the Balkan states, Turkey, Persia, which is Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan— the, the army is so large that they the cachet of oil, weapons, and everything is so large, they're going to be burning and using that for energy for seven years. Now, they're not going to be burning oil into the new reconstructed earth that Jesus is um, king of the world over uh, during the millennial reign of Christ. So we know that this seven-year um, uh, completion battle, if you will, starts with the uh, attack— uh, Israel burns the weapons for seven years, has to be before the tribulation begins because the tribulation is only seven years long. So when we understand that, that gives us a little bit better timeline of what we're looking at. Now, again, all it takes is no one to come to Israel's defense 
for the rest of these Arab countries to align themselves with Hamas. And, you know, interesting, Jeff, I, I think it's very possible we could have this Ezekiel 38-39 war. Your thoughts? Well, it's at the very least, it's a sort of a dress rehearsal. Um, you know, Ezekiel prophesied the nations you name. And what amazes me is this was 2,500 years ago when Ezekiel uh, brought this prophecy. And, uh, you know, it's impossible, totally impossible, apart from God, to know what nations are going to be around 2,500 years after you predict something. There's just no way on earth you could know that. But all the nations, that he, of course, they had different names in Ezekiel's time, but it's very easy for us to trace the geographical boundaries and see who they are today. And um, so Ezekiel, 2,500 years ago, says there's going to be this humongous invasion of Israel. Um, totally outnumbered, overwhelmingly outnumbered they will be. And uh, led by Russia, Gog and Magog, led by Russia uh, to the uttermost north. And they will come down on Israel like a cloud uh, to cover the land. They come to to seize uh, goods, riches of some kind or another. It's always been um, a matter of speculation what those riches might be. But they come down to take a prize, to take uh, riches, to, to steal from the land of Israel. And they do it. Uh, maybe out of desperation they do it. Don't know. But as led by Russia and following Russia, there is this... Uh, pan-Islamic confederacy of nations that uh, do attack with them. Now, we look at what's happening right now, and some of those very nations are involved. And they're all Islamic, and they're all haters of the Jew and of Israel. And so looking at that, you go, wow, you know, Russia's not leading this. Now, some have said to me, but what if they're orchestrating things behind the scenes? Well, maybe But Ezekiel seems to intimate that they will be out front, in the open, overt, that they will not be hidden, but they will be uh, the leader of this attack. So let's just say if we were to wake up in the morning and the headlines were blazing with the announcement that Russia had brought together a confederacy of nations and they were leading an attack on Israel to take advantage of this current war, Then we're dealing with a whole different animal. Then we have every right in the world to look at Ezekiel 38 and go, this, this, it looks to me like this is it. So you never know what the next day holds. Uh, it is an amazing thing again that the landscape of nations, the, the sentiment against Israel, the vitriol, the hatred of the Jewish people, uh, the expressed wish over and over again, not just that they lose the land, but they are wiped off the globe. The Jewish people are exterminated. We're talking total genocide. That is the wish of Iran, Iraq, and other uh, of these Islamic nations. They want them gone totally for good. So amazing that the, the nations that Ezekiel named have that sentiment right now. And so it's not hard at all to imagine them uh, one day, very soon perhaps, uh, giving in to this hatred and uh, going with Russia against Israel to fulfill this, this demonic desire to wipe out Israel. Good news is they don't succeed. God intervenes, as you know, Mike. 
and um, wipes five, six of them off the map. It's probably, uh, for all intents and purposes, the end of Islam, and uh, God delivers his people. But before that happens, it looks like, wow, Israel is toast. But that's not the way it's going to end. No, that's God, the good news. Yeah, right? God's going to fight for Israel. Now, you know, I was really uh, praying about this uh, particular part of Scripture where they come down to take a spoil. And I'd never tied the spoil to the land value. Now it makes sense. They come to take Israel's land. That's what it's all about. Push push Israel into the sea. From mountains to the shore, you know, mountains to the sea, they're screaming. They take Israel's land. I believe this is probably one of the greatest spoils that they could take because it eliminates the Jewish state. And so I don't know if you'd ever thought of that one, but that was one that came to me today, actually, just before the radio show, as I was kind of praying about this and thinking about it, uh, to take a spoil, they said, uh, in God's word. And that spoil, I believe, is the land of Israel, as well as the other natural resources. The One of the largest discoveries of natural gas off the shore of Haifa, there in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, you have all the rich mineral deposits around the Dead Sea. And of course, you have this giant, uh, for that area, giant lake, the Sea of Galilee, which is a water resource for all the farmers, all those that, that dwell there for drinking and all. So we're in some exciting times. And again, I just keep telling everybody, work for the night is coming when no one can work. And keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. Yeah, but, if I could just add real quick Mike, before we go to the calls. Um, you know, I did a little study myself because I, I brought a message on uh, what's happening in the Middle East right now with Israel and the ancient hatred between, uh, you know, the Arabs and the Jews all the way back to uh, Abraham's household. So did a little research, and it's just amazing to me that the land of Israel comprises less than 1% of the entire land mass of the Middle East. And yet that little less than 1% is the focus of the entire world. And, you know, you would think that if the Arabs uh, control 90, 99.8% of the Middle East land mass, that they would not be worried about Israel. But God said that in the last days, the land of Israel is going to become the sore thumb, the focus, the sort of the, the thorn in the flesh of the entire world. And we're watching that before our very eyes right now. I think it's just incredible what we're seeing unfold. And so, again, being about our Father's business. Let's go to the phones. We have Carolyn on the line, Yucca Valley, California. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you for calling back in from yesterday. We wanted to put you on first thing. Thank you. Um, I, I, the man that I talked to on your phone said you have a copy of the article I'm concerned about. It's yes. called, it's from Imprism, um, September issue, volume 52, number nine. The uh, title is Inside the Transgender Empire by Christopher F. R-U-F-O. I mean, yeah, R-U-F-O. I don't know how to say that. Anyway, the bottom line is, he quotes people in the transgender community and academia, and their goal is to bring 
um, Marxism to our country. Well, they all are. The Democrats are the the uh, uh, you know, you you don't let your border get this overran by accident. This is on purpose. Uh, and again, to divide America, you've heard the announcement uh, from uh, public service announcements. Diversity is our strength. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Unity is our strength. The United States of America. United we stand. Not diversity. No, never. Doesn't work. Never has. Never will. You hear this lie being pushed upon us by the government. Diversity is our strength. Uh, Trying to explain away the literally uh, 50, 60 million illegals in our country right now just eight eight million crossed the border since since uh, Biden's been president. They say there's a huge march right now from Central America approaching our southern border, and they're going to let them in. And they brag about the GNP. Look look how good the gross national product is doing. You know the Bidenomics. No, no, that's the the news broadcasts are not doing their job. When you put this many illegal people and then give them free government money, by the way, America, your tax dollars. When you give them this, they buy refrigerators and they buy clothes and they buy stuff. What do you think 8 million people with free money is going to do to a bottom line gross national product? Well, it's going to look great, except one great big problem. All the money has been stolen from the American taxpayers. So when you see this high GNP number, it's phony. It, it's all stolen money given to illegal people to drive this number up to make it look like the American economy is doing well. Of course, everybody knows that it's not. You can't buy a house anymore. The interest rates are too high. They say that cars sales are horribly down because people can't afford 6%, 7% interest on on automobiles inflation is the worst it's been since 1948 and and people think this is good you know again i remember ronald reagan when he said on his second term or first term or first term he said uh, i remember him clearly saying are you better off now than you were when i took office if you're better off vote for me again <clears throat> Well, look at what we have right now. Runaway inflation. We're a laughing stock to the entire world as far as leadership goes. Inflation is out of control. To stop inflation, you stop spending money, but not these clowns. Oh, no, just keep borrowing more, borrowing more. They say the interest next year on just our national debt is $1 trillion dollars. I mean, they, these are numbers that can never be repaid. They're bankrupting America, and they're doing it on purpose. So, Carolyn, it doesn't surprise me of this kind of a coalition's long-term goal is to bring us into Marxism. That's what the Democrats are all about. But Bernie Sanders admits it. He says, I'm a, I'm a socialist. He spent his honeymoon in Russia. Yeah. So why would we be surprised that this is what their game is. And then they have the audacity to lay their hand on a Bible and say they they will uphold the Constitution. They're just flat out lying to all of us. 
and I've watched it over and over again. When I watched President Obama, then-candidate Obama, at Saddleback Church with Rick Warren, the question was asked him, do you believe that marriage is between a man and a woman? And he said, yes, I do. He sounded almost like Ronald Reagan until he got elected. Then he appoints liberal Supreme Court justices that legalize homosexual marriage. Well, I can understand that. Maybe, you know, maybe that was just an oversight that he did, except he did one really big blooper. He lit the White House in rainbow colors, welcoming in this that he told the American public the exact opposite. Friends, we have a real problem. We have a traitor in our White House. They know now he absolutely has gotten Chinese money, $40,000 that was written off as a payback loan, but when they trace the money, it goes right back to China. The whole Biden family is this way. So, uh, like I say, we're, we're in trouble. The last election was rigged. Now, I can say that with all surety. Here's why. Because Brad Dacus, the last election, the, the midterm, they had, a, they had a guy there that lost, a Republican lost by about 300 votes. And there was poll watchers watching how many people went in, and they counted them. And all of a sudden, here this uh, precinct had about 400 more votes than the people that walked in. Hmm, how does that happen? Invisible people, 100 people, 400 people walking in and voting? No, they had mail-in ballots. And they all voted for the Democrat, all of them. Well, they called the people on these mail-in ballots, and they said they never voted. They never voted at all. It was all fraud. And there was enough fraudulent votes that flipped it back to the Republican. That's right, friends. That's just in a, a local election in California. When Democrat. you watch, when you yeah yeah, when you watch the movie Two Thousand Mules, it'll give you a pretty good idea how they pull this off. And uh, again, we proved it here. People getting nine mail-in ballots in their mailboxes. Um, people when they went to vote, they took their mail-in ballot and laid it aside instead of ripping it in two and putting it in the trash can. No, they saved it off to the side so it could be used later. All these kinds of things. We all have, have it all documented here, so I'm not, I'm not making any of this stuff up. But the American news media, the Alphabet Network's telling you something else. Well, they're lying like they lie about everything else. If their lips are moving, probably not telling you the truth. And so again, whether it's the GNP, whether it's the crisis at the border, whether it's uh, inflation out of control, or just America being a laughing stock to the world. Hey, that's what it's about. Listen, the Bible says, be as wise as serpents, harmless as doves. But we need to cry out against rotten government. And friends, unfortunately, I think that's what we have. Carolyn, it's not just one group. I think it's many. Your thoughts. Yeah, Carolyn, are you, are you also asking about transgenderism? I'm looking at the question. No, not Is, really. Uh, I just know okay. that after reading this thing, I have a daughter that lives with a woman, and I want them to realize what they're getting into is wanting to uh, bring in um, Marxism. 
Well, there's no question. Um, they have zero problem anymore with socialism. And socialism just greases the skids for communism and Marxism. Uh, many, many, many. Uh, you take the squad, the infamous squad, AOC and Talib and uh, those that are that little group of uh, four women cheering on Hamas and what Hamas has done. Uh, I read today, really it was hard reading. I almost wish I hadn't read it, but I did. Some of the things Hamas has done to Jewish children and babies, and it's just incomprehensible. It's it really it it boggles the mind. You you. It's not subhuman. It's non-human. What they have done, and yet here's this little group of um, senators on the Hill, Democrat senators that infamously call themselves the Squad. They're anti-American, uh, they're anti-Bible, they're anti-Christian, uh, they are pro-socialism, pro-communism, they're pro-Hamas, cheering these things on. And so we know that many politicians on the Hill that have won, uh, won the votes and got into office are every bit for overthrowing the kind of government, democratic form of government that we've always known as Americans. That's what they're about, and that's why they're there. They're almost like um, invaders or plants to put them in there, infiltrate the government, and do their best to help uh, overthrow the kind of nation that really uh, has been the greatest nation on the face of the earth. If you look at history, most nations in history have borne the tyranny of dictatorships and just darkness, no freedom. Uh, no ability to vote, no uh, independence, but you just had to be under the iron thumb of whatever kind of dictatorship you were born into. America has been the most unique experiment in the history of the world, and yet they're trying to overthrow it. It really, it's it's hard to understand because they have children. Some of them do. They have children. They have families. Why would you want to take uh, this form of government that has produced the greatest economy, the greatest economic engine in the history of the world, uh, that has become the true beacon of freedom to the entire world, even where we are today, we are still a beacon of freedom. We, we've got more freedom than most of the world. Why would you want to destroy that? Well, you have to have evil intent. You've got to really have evil intent and be very deceived because that kind of government, nobody Nobody wants to live under Marxism, of course, unless you're at the top. And if you're at the top, then you're the beneficiary of wealth and a standard of living that is like a king or a queen. But uh, anyway, you, you wonder about that. But I, Carolyn, it's true. A lot of our school systems are just, again, incomprehensible. They want to take uh, the choice of parents away from them to dictate what their children are taught what they are introduced to in the schools. They want to remove uh, their their the, the parents' ability uh, to be told what is happening with their children, what their kids are being taught. Uh, if the kid decides that he wants to go transgender, uh, the, the school officials are told, don't report it to the parents. And they will clandestinely encourage that child along in his so-called transition with the parents never knowing.
So these kinds of things are Marxist at their core. Reminds me of Hitler's youth. So yeah, we're in a, we're in a fork on the road, Carolyn. It's a fork in the road. We're there and we're going to go one way or we're going to go the other. And without a, without a national move of God, I just don't see much hope. I do see hope in God. Apart from God, I don't. Mike? Amen. I, I just, uh, like, I, I believe this is what the Bible talks about in, in Matthew chapter 24, perplexity among nations. The word perplexity in the Greek means problems with no way out. And uh, there's a story that's uh, right now breaking that said the American debt, which is almost $34 trillion, uh, is going to become a global problem. Uh, there's just no way around it. And so no way. understanding uh, what we're up against, like I tell people, Jesus said, when you begin to see these things globally, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And I believe that's so important, especially with the nation of Israel being the focal point, God's timepiece of the last days. Hope that helps, Carolyn. Can I give you one more comment? Sure. Um, even in our little bitty town here in California, they have gotten gone away from the schools having boys' bathrooms and girls' bathrooms. And I have come up with an idea, and I've shared this with teachers and students. If you as a boy or a girl do not like that idea, instead of getting in line with mixed people, get all the guys to go to one bathroom and get all the girls to go to the other bathroom. They can't do much about that anymore. No, but then and, they would and, suspend you. Yeah, <laughs> because, see, see... Evil is now good. It's good. And anything that's moral, that has value, that's bad. That's from the Victorian age, you know? Well, you know, when you really look at these loons, I'll tell you something, friends. We are up against some real, real darkness. We want to pray for them. Because, again, they are in darkness. We want to pray that they come into the light. They're not beyond salvation. We, we can pray for anyone that God would save them. But the problem is the destruction they do while they are in this darkness affects all of us. And that's the sad part. Carolyn, stay on the line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus uh, based on the book of Luke, as well as Time to Grow and God of Wonders for calling in. God bless you, dear. Thanks so much for the heads up. If you hear any more, let us know. Let's go to Stacy, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, pastors. Um, I... Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for what you do. I visited your church. It's amazing. Hey, Stacy, real quick, we're coming up on a break. That thing sneaks up on us all the time. We have such a good time here. We just forget time. But uh, we are coming up on that break. And we don't want anybody to go away. When we come back, we're going to have a whole lot more to every man and answer right after this. So uh, we'll be right back right after this. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. 
And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. As the days grow darker, children are under more attack than ever. And sadly, it starts at conception, as one in five pregnancies will end in abortion. But in the midst of this tragedy, Preborn's network of clinics are bringing renewal and life to hurting mothers and at-risk babies. Preborn's mission is to equip pregnancy clinics with ultrasounds to help save babies' lives and souls. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh, my gosh. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound, the majority of the time, she will choose life. To learn more about the life-saving work of preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Welcome you back to part two of Tamri Man and Answer here on this Wednesday with Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and we are talking to Stacy in Fort Worth. Stacy, what was your question, dear? Okay, I first want, would like to say that um, previously the caller was talking about her situation and things, and you guys gave her so much good information. I just want to say, and I want to encourage her that we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're absolutely fighting the spiritual war. Amen. And so let's go to prayer. We all can go to prayer, and I will go to prayer for her and her family. Amen. My question is now that I would like to ask that you guys go into prayer for me. I have a daughter who's not she was raised um, walking, but she has turned, and she has now married an Albanian who now has to leave the country. They are going to leave on November 17th and won't be back till December 13th. And both ways, they have a 24-hour layover in Turkey. Specifically, they're going to Kosovo. So I would just like prayer. I have two grandsons they're taking. One is five. The other one is uh, 17 months. And as a grandmother, I'm just concerned. Your thoughts? Rightly so. I, I get it. That's one of the hard things about kids growing up, because until they reach that golden age of adulthood, you have a certain level of authority or control over where they go, what they do, you know, so on and so forth. But once they reach adulthood, then you can't keep that tight grip. You can pray for them. But so many times we have to just give our kids over to the grace of God, sovereignty of God, and trust God to sort of take the baton and uh, from us and say, okay, Father, 
I raised them the best that I could. They made the decisions they've made. They're making decisions now that I can't control. So I'm going to have to give them uh, to the sovereignty and the, the protection of God. And uh, especially when it comes to the grandchildren going to a dangerous country, uh, an uncertain country out of the country that you've known and loved your whole life, that's tough. So I've had to, through the years, get a real fresh grip on the whole concept of sovereignty. Sovereignty, of course, sovereign. We talk about a king being sovereign or a sovereign king. And it means that ultimately God is in control of the universe. He is in control of everything has got to pass through uh, his fingertips, his permission. And uh, so trusting the sovereignty of God, I, I, I believe in prayer. I believe in giving our kids to God, uh, doing our very best to not be intrusive in their lives, especially once they're married. Uh, you know, don't be a pest. Don't be a, don't be a, somebody that they dread seeing coming. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you want to be a good, uh, mother-in-law, father-in-law. So you let go and you trust the heavenly father. And I, I do that every day. I pray for my kids. They're, they're grown and out of the house and, uh, you know, they've made decisions I haven't cared for. They're, they've gone directions. I haven't always liked some of the directions they've taken have momentarily terrified me, but I just had to pray. And I've seen the sovereignty of God, uh, Stacy over and over again. Uh, you, you look back and it's hard to see it when it's happening. Uh, it's hard to see the, the sovereignty of God at work because it sometimes it looks like it's not at work. But when you look back, then you see, ah, okay, God was hearing me. He was uh, watching over them, um, and I'm not making any guarantees. They can have some bad experiences. They can have some bad consequences over bad decisions. But you have to trust God with the overall outcome, the overall picture. And that's what I would encourage you to do. Trust those little grandkids to Jesus and to God's sovereignty and uh, to, and your daughter to God's sovereignty. And let's let's believe God to work through it and work things out for his glory. Amen. And so I hope that answers it for you. Yes, amen. I trust him. Let's pray. Stacy. we just um, uh, want to pray for you because we believe that, again, it's so important. Father, may you just give Stacy, her family, the right words to say to her daughter, mm-hmm. and may you just guide, direct, and protect them, Lord, as she needs to return, her daughter needs to return to you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would put people in her path that would show her and speak to to her life from your word mm-hmm. and bring her back to that fullness in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Stacy, our amen. prayers are with you. Stay in line. We'll send you out a couple things. A little book called Time to Grow. Maybe you can get that into your daughter's hands, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Stacy, God bless you. We're here for you. If you need us, let's go to Darren, Austin, Texas. I welcome. Hello. Um, I, uh, I, um, I met this missionary and I liked him a lot. Uh, I really liked his dedication to the Lord. He, he has like three kids and him and his wife and family was going to, are planning to go to the, to some jungle where there's no Christianity and, and do uh, mission work there. And, um, yeah, I, I was really impressed. And, um, but we were talking and and I and I asked him 
uh, do you believe that the Jewish people are the chosen people and that Israel belongs to the Jewish people? And he would not agree and say yes. And then he recommended this documentary to me, which I found offensive, called Marching to Zion. And um, and so I, my question is, can, can he actually be a servant of the Lord and be a Christian if, if he has resentment toward Jewish people like this and not and not believe that they're the chosen people and Israel belongs to them? Well, you're certainly going to have a distorted view of Christianity. Absolutely. Your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, and here we run into some um, sort of million-dollar theological words when it comes to Israel, like foreknowledge, election, salvation. Now, they are God's chosen people uh, pertaining to election. And election always has to do with a purpose, with a purpose in God. And God did elect the Jewish people, choose the Jewish people to be those through which Messiah would come, particularly through the tribe of Judah. And uh, through the Jewish people, through Abraham and his descendants, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And that ultimately is fulfilled in Christ Jesus, because that's that's how all the world is blessed through the descendants of Abraham. So they're elect. Uh, but the true Jew is the Jew that knows Jesus. We run into this in Romans 9, 10, and 11, some of the very hardest chapters in the whole Bible. But Paul makes it very clear, not everyone born as a descendant of Abraham is a true son of Abraham or a true Jew. What he's saying is a true Jew is now the Jew that is in Christ. And it's true for uh, we Gentiles. We're not children of God till we're born again. So with the election, they were chosen for a purpose, like Cyrus. Cyrus was chosen by God. Uh, he's even called by God his servant uh, in, in the Bible. God calls him his servant, but Cyrus was never saved. Cyrus never, do we know anything about, placed his faith in God. And yet God chose him, elected him to be the Persian king that would d- release Israel from bondage after 70 years and let them go back and rebuild the land. So he was elected, but that doesn't mean he was saved. So we kind of need to make a distinction there. Are the Jews God's chosen people? Yes, they're God's chosen people. Um, But if you look at the state of Israel right now, if you look at the nation of Israel, it's overwhelmingly secular. It's overwhelmingly uh, non-Christian. And very, very few of them are even uh, followers of Judaism. They are primarily secular. So, but are they are they chosen in that they were elected to be those through whom Messiah would come? Yes. Now, Paul also says at the end of Romans 11, the day is going to come when the times of the Gentiles will be up, will be fulfilled. And when the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled, Paul says in Romans 11 that the Jewish people are going to experience an awakening. They're going to, they're going to turn to Christ, uh, in, by the multitudes. Not, are all of them going to be saved? No. But a huge swath of the Jewish people will one day turn to Christ. Uh, so he does say that. But right now, yes, they were elect, 
But uh, that doesn't mean, you know, they're all saved or they're just because they were born Jewish, they're saved or have some special place with God that, say, a Gentile doesn't have. No, they've got to turn to Christ and be born again, just like we did. So uh, it just a little, it helps to, to, to understand the difference with those words. We, t- we tend to lump them all together, foreknowledge, election, salvation. We lump all those together, but they're different. God has foreknowledge. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. And he does, he, by election, pick groups or individuals for a purpose that he has in the earth. But salvation is individual with every person. So our prayer is that uh, the Jewish people do turn to Christ, they are saved, and that we do see a mass awakening with them. But right now in Israel, that's not happening, even though they're at war. Mike, Amen. I hope that uh, hope that shed some light on it for you and gave you a good answer. No, I can. Uh, no, I, I actually, I I think that he missed my question. Uh, I regardless if the Jewish people are saved or not, they're the chosen people. I, I wasn't questioning if they're saved. What, what my yeah. question is: Is this missionary a true Christian? Can he be God's servant? This missionary is a Gentile. He's a Baptist. Can he truly be a Christian if he if he disagrees with the Old Testament about the people being the chosen people? Well, he's a Christian. He's a Christian, Darren, but he's he's ill informed. Uh, there's a lot of very ill informed um, uh, Christians that are out there. They don't understand the importance of the nation of Israel in the last days. They have evidently not taken the Bible literally enough to read Luke 21, that Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles till the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. When Jesus said that, it was under Roman control, Gentile, and then destroyed in 70 AD. Uh, it, it was a ridiculous, ridiculous prophetic statement that Jesus made, except it was 100% true. And Jerusalem is now back under Jewish control, both half of the city and the capital of Israel. And then Jesus said... This is a time marker that God is going to return his favor back to the Jews in this last 70th week of Daniel, we know as the tribulation period, where God judges a God-rejecting world, but also he deals with his nation of Israel. And though they have forgotten him, he has not forgotten them. And I believe this is really important because, again, when we see people that are, so to speak, teaching people... um, something other than God's Word, um, you have to really, really, um, really be hopscotching through the Bible because biblical prophecy is everywhere, and especially the days that we live in, and Israel being the key part of this. And so somebody that says, well, God doesn't have anything more to do with Israel than he does with Jamaica. Well, it just shows biblical illiteracy there. And though these people are very nice and they may have a very warm heart for the lost, they're also very misled. And I think this is where uh, I think this is good that he's got a heart to go serve, but I would not really listen to much of what he taught other than maybe just the salvation message because uh, it's going to be skewed. Any last thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, could I, Darren, just here's a confirming verse. For you, and this is one that, um, you know, maybe he's never read, but it says in Deuteronomy 7, 6, you are a people 
is Moses, of course, talking to Israel. <clears throat> you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. So they are chosen. And uh, they were chosen by God, you know, to ultimately bring forth Messiah. But they were chosen by God to also be a testimony to him, to all the world. They were God's mouthpiece to the world about the reality of, of the real one God, uh, the God of Israel, the God of the world, the God of creation. So they were chosen to do that. Did they fail over and over? Yes, over and over and over again they failed. But yes, they were God's chosen people, and um, God is not done with Israel by any stretch. They figure heavily into uh, end-time prophecy. And again, in Romans 11, you might want to read the last few verses of the chapter. Uh, Paul predicts that there will be a great turning to Christ on their part when the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And to not be able to teach that because you, you've you gone to the Bible with a preconceived idea um, representing your church dogma or some other thing, not God's Word, uh, this is always going to lead to some problems, Darren. And I think you picked up on it. Need to pray for him and uh, stay in line. Send you out some books, some DVDs, and and a little book called One Hundred One Last Days Prophecies. Perhaps you can get that into his hand. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Darren. God bless you. If you need us, we're here for you. Let's go to Wilma, Cottonwood, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hi. Uh, bless this station. I've been listening to you since you've been on. Wonderful. Uh, okay. I'm going to be eighty-two years old. I've been a Christian 46 years. I went to Calvary Costa Mesa. doesn't matter. Um, I homeschooled even 40 years ago. I just want to share with everybody. I went through very hard times raising kids myself. We have hard times right now. We all are kind of wondering what's going on. The rapture's coming any minute. Mm -hmm. But what I want to share is the way I feel really good about what's going on is I look up the people that I've lost. Um, I had two um, miscarriages. I'm going to get to see those children. I'm going to get to see my parents and people that I passed years ago. I can't wait to see their faces. I can't wait to get to see them. And I want to share with people out there, if you can just not pay attention really what's going on here, but look up, because your redemption is drawing near. And what I really want to go to the people that if you don't know Christ, he has a free gift. You don't want a free gift? Do you think life here right now is great? Yeah, and, and, and deteriorating as we go. I mean, this is crazy what's mm -hmm. happening. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, it's in, we're in a topsy-turvy, upside-down. To me, I, I, I've talked about this before here on uh, this program, but you read Romans 1. And you see God turning a, a society over to their sin three times. Uh, he turns them over to a judgment three times. Uh, and the third judgment was a reprobate mind. And that was the bottom rung of the ladder. When God turned them over to a reprobate mind, which means void of judgment, it means your mind doesn't work anymore. You can't tell right from wrong, good from bad, light from dark, moral from immoral, or, or even worse, immoral is moral, and moral becomes immoral. And so it's a type of madness, really. And to me, 
we're looking at that on a strong level in the Western world right now, not just America, uh, but you look at Britain, you can look Australia, you can look all over the Western world, but boy, is it happening in spades in America? Yes, where people are no longer able to think sensibly, think rationally. You know, we don't even know what bathroom to walk into anymore. Yeah. We got men claiming to be women, and if you say you're not really a woman, you're called a bigot, a homophobe, and all kinds of wonderful little adjectives. They stick on you. And, uh, but that's madness that you can just say you're something when you're not. So it, it seems to me, you know, if, if you, if you've got a biblical worldview, if you wake up reading the Bible and you accept the Bible as the ultimate non-negotiable truth that comes from God, and then you look through that lens, at what's happening to our world. And it looks like pure madness. And that's where we are. And, and we need, we need to pray. We need to ask God to move. You know, we're having intercessory prayer in our church tonight, church wide. We're, we're, we're interceding for the country and for our own, uh, city and church. And, uh, this is what needs to be happening all over the country because right now, as we said a little while ago on this same program, Barring a move from God, a genuine national awakening, Mike, I think you agree with me. We're, We're toast. It's, We're it's done. So, Wilma, you're right, and we need to pray and, and look up. Our redemption draws nigh. Wilma, thank you so mm-hmm. much for the encouragement. Stay on the line. We'll send you out the movie uh, Jesus, based on the book of Luke, as well as Time to Grow, uh, God of Wonders. Uh, I think you'll really be encouraged by it. Share it with your friends. I'd like to get a couple more calls in before we go. Let's go to Jennifer Festus, Missouri. Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. I just wanted to pray for our pastor out here at Calvary Chapel. And I want to pray for those people in Israel and these people, these kids that are college students that, oh, my gosh. You know, I got to the point I don't even watch the news because it's just all fake. If it doesn't come from God's word. I, I believe that more than anything. And it's like, we are in the last times, Mike. And we do have these churches that are like this in St. Louis County that, you know, if it feels good, it is good. And we'll just grow and grow and grow. And, and that's not the way it is. You- no, it's come to the cross and die. But that's not a popular message right now. Not my will, mm-hmm. but thine be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus taught the disciples to pray. But oh, not now. No, they have heaped up to themselves teachers having itching ears. And what does an itching ear want? To be scratched. That's right. You can have it your way, baby. Jesus is your heavenly Santa Claus. Just claim it and possess it. Blab it and grab it. Baby, it's yours. Watch out. The Bible warns about that. Jeff? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really something, Jennifer. And, and, uh, now I'm noticing here is Pastor Scott. And, um, that's the same Pastor Scott that is on with us, um, weekly. So yeah, we can sure we will pray for him. You want to pray, Mike? Yeah. Father, thank you so much for, uh, Jennifer's concern for, uh, Pastor Scott. We just ask you, Lord, that you just continue to guide him, direct him. Heal him up. Uh, shared last week about some of his health difficulties, and and uh, we just lift him up to you and thank you so much for him just being a, a good, solid, solid servant of yours. And so may you yes. bless in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Jennifer, stay on the line. We'll send you out a couple books, a couple of DVDs for calling in. And I'm going to try to get to a couple more calls here. Let's go to Royce, Utah. Hi, welcome. Hi. I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible with limited time. Um, okay, so I got a believer that's an older brother in Christ. And he believes, he's got me kind of questioning stuff. He said, you know, there's, he was talking about like disembodied believers in the millennial reign, the us that passed before um, the tribulation, all that. In with other believers, of course, that go through the tribulation in the millennial reign. And then he uh, he was saying that, you know, Abraham's bosom, it was um, after Jesus went to the earth and freed the captives and all that. And then he came out and... He was talking about like a concept that's got me wondering. He says, you know, I'm not sure if it's biblical or not, but that people still going there that have died now because it's not had the final judgment day. Yeah, see, that's right there, Royce. I can tell you he's in error. He's adding to God's word. The Bible does not say that, does never make another reference to it. Hebrews uh, tells us after this life, the judgment does not talk about a second chance or being prayed out of uh, purgatory or Abraham's bosom or anything like that. Um, There is a place called Sheol where those that die outside of Christ go awaiting the great white throne judgment when all their evil works that they set into motion while they were alive on this earth, uh, that will uh, come to full fruition and they'll be judged according. Think about somebody that started a cult. Maybe there was only 25 people when they started. Now there's millions. Imagine the judgment of that person there in the great white throne judgment. So I believe that's a, an important part. Jeff, your thoughts. Yeah, Roy, see, it's not biblical. Just remember this verse is given to a man to die once. And after that, the judgment. Hebrews 9. Those are scary words. Yeah, those are scary words because you, you've got one shot in this life to turn to Christ. And boy, it's a brief life. It goes by like a blur. And uh, so he's wrong. And uh, there is no such thing as the reincarnation, or as Mike said, anything else, purgatory, none of that. So you read that verse and, and just stand on the word and you'll do well. Yeah. And you mentioned disembodied saints during the tribulation period. I don't find anything like that. Yeah. Uh, the Bible I, says that uh, in a moment, twinkling of an eye will be changed. This mortal will put on immortality. And uh, that's something that's really great. Uh, we're going to get a new body. But uh, we will have a real body like Jesus had. Paul says we're not sure what we're going to be, but we know when we see him, we're going to be like him. But the idea of just spirits floating around in the tribulation period, or even for that matter, the millennia, that's not in the scripture. That's just made up. And and so got to be real careful of uh, those kinds of things that are out there. Royce, we're out of time. I just, uh, you stay in the line. I'll send you out some books, DVDs. And if it didn't answer your question completely, feel free to call back tomorrow as well as Chad. Chad asked the question real quick, wondering when God will put a hook into Russia and invade from the north. Well, Chad, I'll tell you something. I believe it can be any minute, man. I think we're we're in these days. Jeff, thanks for being on. My pleasure. Enjoyed it. God bless y'all. Good night. About this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A.
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 